Your first injury news of week 11. Matt Derry from Lockout Lions jumps on for crossover 30. Talk a little Lions. I'll talk to him on some Cleveland Browns. All of this, your latest Locked On Browns coming up next. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Lockdown Browns, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. You show itself at Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs, as you all know. Make us, uh, I'm sorry, we are thrilled that you make us your first listen day in, day out, as far as your favorite Browns podcast and wherever you listen. Make sure you're subscribed, following. Leave those five-star ratings or written reviews. Lockdown Browns available daily and always free. Uh, your first injury news of the week, uh, your first shifting uh, to the Detroit Lions this week. Uh, Coach Stefanski spoke, uh, spoke of maybe you know, no major changes of anything right now. Even if there were going to be, there's no sense to really go ahead and announce those things as we head into Sunday's matchup with the Detroit Lions. Miles Garrett excused from practice today. Personal reasons. Uh, I'm not sure if this maybe has something to do uh, with Miles, you know, voicing his displeasure the other day. Certainly could have something to do with that. Coach Stefanski fully expects him to be back, you know, for this week's game against the Lions. AJ Green, Anthony Schwartz, obviously both started concussions Sunday in New England, both unavailable. Uh, most likely, in my opinion, I guess we're probably going to be unavailable for the week. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Ty, uh, Ty Hill, obviously, still uh, dealing with uh, the next sprain. No timetable has been given, um, and understandably so, um, as you know, he was uh, taken off the field Sunday, <clears throat> stretchered out of New England. Uh, just hope for the best as he deals with his neck injury. Uh, Malik Jackson, uh, Jarvis Landry, both uh, out, out of practice today with knee injuries. Malik Jackson, I'm assuming it's it's rest, and it's been a tough stretch for Malik Jackson last couple of weeks. Um, again, Malik Jackson's also being asked to do some things. That's not necessarily what his calling card was. Jarvis, uh, we know the injuries have been there, and you know, it's, does Jarvis Landry essentially need to practice? Uh, no, not, not so much. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he was a little bit of a scare today. Um, you know, in the open availability for the media today, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones looked like he was running around on air, looked like maybe the, grant, the groin caught up to him. We'll see where that's an issue, see what his availability is for the rest of the week, see what his availability is for the week as we move on through here on uh, the week and your coverage here on Lockdown Browns. Uh, to this point, uh, Wednesday, Nick Chubb, Demetri Felton, John Kelly, still not back. Um, no word was really given. Um, sounded like Coach Stavansky sounded a little positive about it. Um, but again, you know, this is, you know, it's HIPAA laws and all these other things and players' privacy. So until we are here, they are officially back and they're off the COVID-19 list. Just going to basically play the wait and see approach here. Uh, Baker Mayfield, and this is where it gets big. Uh, Baker Mayfield obviously spoke today. Um, and mentioned, you know, how injured he is, um, noticeably limping up to the podium today, said it's the most beat up he's ever been. We're now talking four injuries between the foot, the knee, the bone in the shoulder, the labrum in the shoulder. Uh, certainly been a tough time for number six. Uh, no practice on Wednesday. He says he's going to go on Sunday, but keep in mind, he did say he was going to go Thursday night against the Denver Broncos that week. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, you know, if it's a question of some rest here can help, you know, the foot and help the knee, uh, with Baltimore coming up after Detroit, 
you have to think you know, that maybe it's an option you're going to look at here. Because the problem is, is if you can't move, and it's not that Baker is the you know greatest running threat in the NFL. He's a good one, um, probably a little bit below average in the you know standard of you know running quarterbacks in the NFL nowadays. Um, but if he can't defend himself with his legs, it's going to be really really hard to defend. Obviously, his shoulder um, and all the issues that are going on there. So we'll you know see how that you know, plays out uh, through the week here. You know, Jar- I mean, Baker is obviously a tough son of a gun. It's really difficult to get him out of the lineup. Um, so he's going to itch and he's going to push. Uh, we'll have to see, you know, revisit this year on Thursday, Friday, see where Baker's at. Um, look, he's got to be able to be mobile, uh, you know, to at least defend himself and, you know, save that shoulder from, you know, further punishment, which, you know, nobody wants for your quarterback. And the last thing you want him doing is getting even more dinged up as you go to this huge, huge stretch, Baltimore by week, Baltimore. Uh, one of the good news out of practice today, running back coach uh, Stump Mitchell, um, physically back at practice, not back at practice in a working capacity, uh, there with a walker. Um, so obviously, you know, with coach, it mentioned that it was something to do with, you know, a knee, uh, maybe a knee cleanup, uh, you know, something of that nature. But, you know, good to see at least Stump Mitchell is, you know, up and about to the point where he can actually get to the building. Uh, some news here, Detroit Lions-wise, <clears throat> Jared Goff injured Sunday against Pittsburgh Steelers. Did not practice on Wednesday, just like Baker Mayfield did not. It is, um, <clears throat> you know, ribs, um, you know, something in that nature, you know, whether it's, you know, pulled muscle, something behind the rib cage. Uh, that is an issue that's going on here. Uh, Tim Boyle uh, would be the next man up for the Detroit Lions. Um, he's been in the NFL for a while, never uh, taken one snap in his time in the NFL. Uh, hasn't taken any reps to the point this year. Um, we'll see, you know, where it works out and trends towards Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff obviously had a really, really tough debut here as a Detroit Lions quarterback. Looking ahead, peeking ahead to Sunday, the weather right now kind of looks, you know, in the 40s, rain possible. With the rain comes the wind in Cleveland. Uh, so maybe not the best weather scenario for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions on Sunday. But again, you know, it's a wait and see approach here uh, with you know, that and as far as Goff's health and certainly with the health and the issues. Uh, that some of the Cleveland Browns are going through right now. So uh, we'll monitor it through Thursday's episode. We'll monitor it through Friday's episode of pregame show as we get you, you know, ready and finalized for Sunday, 1 o'clock at First Energy. Uh, as I said, Matt Derry from Locked On Lions is here for Crossover Thursday. He's going to pop on here in just a bit. We're going to talk some Lions. We're going to talk some Browns, get some final thoughts for Sunday's action as the Detroit Lions make their way again to First Energy Sunday, 1 o'clock and a key, key matchup for your Cleveland Brownies. This episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to connect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless amounts of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Many times, whether it's the kids on trips or sports or dance, you know, stop, get them a snack, uh, you know, something to drink, 20-piece chicken McNugget to, you know, feed the masses uh, as you continue to power through a car drive. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And did somebody mention a Locked On Browns watch party? Who knows? Certainly can happen. McDonald's, da-da-da-da-da. I'm loving it. Hey there, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloyd, an incredible app who everyone buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. 
Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. Cash back is added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And as we said, crossover Thursday, so we're going to get down to it here. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns. We appreciate everybody for making our podcast your first listen day in, day out on whatever podcast platform you use. And always remember, Locked On Lions, Locked On Browns, available daily and always free. Matt, uh, for the two of us, um, obviously these two teams don't face each other, obviously, but you know, once every four years. Don't know how we didn't cross paths back in 2017, but we did. But I'm uh, glad to sit down here and talk to you, break this game down here. Um, I think both teams certainly at this level you know, of the season, certainly having some disappointing times. Um, but let's start with this, though. Uh, the Lions, look, it wasn't a win, certainly, um, but they did guarantee the fact they will not be an 0 17 team, the first one <laughs> in NFL history. What is, you know, the feeling, just the general overall feeling of this team, this Lions team through nine games? Because right now, obviously, it's not about wins and losses. It's more about finding at least guys who can be part of the puzzle, hopefully going further down the road. Yeah, Jeff, uh, always good to talk to you. Yeah, this has been a, uh, I wouldn't say it's been a disastrous start to the year for the Lions. Uh, they expected to lose a lot of games and really struggle, but uh, to be 08, 08-1 is, is not what they had dialed up. Uh, this is a complete rebuild from top to bottom with General Manager Brad Holmes taking over for the previous GM, the incompetent Bob Quinn, and then Dan Campbell, the head coach, taking over for Matt Patricia, who was a circus act for three years. They inherited a mess, but be that as it may, Jeff, uh, the team has not performed well. I think they expected Jared Goff to be better than he's been. Uh, he has not played well. The offense has been dismal. Eight straight games now with 20 points or less, uh, which in this league is, is not going to get it done. And the defense has had a lot of injuries. And like you mentioned, Sunday in Pittsburgh, they did play hard. They were grinding it out. They, they tried their best. Uh, but that's a game you got to win. And they blew it on numerous occasions, including Ryan Santoso, who's no longer with the team, missing a 48-yard field goal in overtime. So, you know, it's, it's been a struggle, my friend, for sure. Uh, I can certainly relate. Um, as everybody knows here, my first year at Lockdown Browns was the 0-16 season and certainly having many people questioning the decision I had made and certainly myself questioning the decision <laughs> I had made. Um, and I'll tell you right now, all of the AFC North was uh, cheering for Mr. Sandoso up and before that absolutely – heinous effort at a game-winning field goal Sunday in Heinz Field. But, you know, to give him credit, really, really difficult place to kick. But, of course, you know, has moved on. Um, one of the things I do want to get to here um, is the status and the health of Jared Goff. <clears throat> um, here in the news today, and my first, you know, thought and tweet of the day in this response was, who in the world is Tim Boyle? So, obviously, hopefully we can get some insight on that from you as well. We know our good buddy, Mr. Blau, over there in Detroit. So I think a lot of us you know, thought maybe there was the opportunity there for him. But we'll hear a little bit more about Tim Boyle. And the other thing is, you know, with it being an oblique with Jared Goff, um, the weather Sunday in Cleveland looks to be 40s, uh, pretty solid possibility precipitation. 
With that usually comes the wind in Cleveland, so it doesn't look like the best recipe at all for Jared Goff as it is. But take us a little bit through the quarterback scenario heading into Sunday, Matt. All right, so you're right. Last week in Pittsburgh with the cold and the rain, Jared Goff just didn't have it. Uh, on top of the fact that on a deep ball that he threw to Khalif Raymond early in the game, a, a play Dan Campbell, by the way, the head coach now turned play caller Dan Campbell, designed for Goff to kind of air it out, and he underthrew it. With in the in the act of throwing, he hurt his oblique and, and his ribs, and he was not 100% the rest of the game. And it got to the point, Jeff, where they were basically running the football almost every down. It would be like third and 15, and they were running. Uh, they kept Jared Goff from really throwing the football until overtime down the field. It was bizarre. It was run plays and, and bubble screens, and that was it. Uh, now he has talked, uh, you know, as we record here on Wednesday and basically said, look, if I'm good enough to go, I'll go. It feels better today. He did not practice on Wednesday. So I would say it's probably 50-50 that he plays. You mentioned Tim Boyle, a guy they had signed this offseason away from the Green Bay Packers. There were some Packer writers, swear to God, that were basically saying Tim Boyle could might, might be able to beat out Jared Goff for the job here at the start of the year. Then Boyle fighting with David Blau for the uh, backup job in the preseason was absolutely horrific. He was terrible. Boyle was bad. Blau was bad. And then Boyle hurt his thumb uh, before the season started. So he's been out with a broken thumb the last eight, nine weeks. But now here he is, Jeff. He's got a chance to to play. And there's a ch and and Dan Campbell has said it. Tim Boyle is our backup. He's our number two guy. So if Jared Goff can't go, we're going to be seeing a guy that hasn't thrown a football competitively in eight or nine weeks. And I I didn't see much from him in the preseason to sit here and tell you that fans are clamoring for him. But Goff has not played well, even when he's healthy. He's been very poor. And I, I do believe uh, you know for Lions fans, I think at this point they probably want to see anybody else. Other than Jared Goff for at least a week, um, you know, you always have to believe that maybe there's something better, but who knows? Um, me personally, uh, from our standpoint right now, I think the last thing I'm comfortable with is Joe Woods coaching against a quarterback that he has no film um, to see. <laughs> uh, so that certainly makes me nervous because this could certainly be uh, the welcome to the world party, perhaps for David Boyle, as Joe Woods' defense has been tremendously inconsistent, as has the calling and the handling of the defense and the scheme and personnel, Joe Woods himself. Uh, with a team like this, and Matt, now we did mention this here, you're looking for parts of what could be the future of the Detroit Lions, part of what could be Coach Campbell's successful, hopefully, run here, you know, from finally getting the Lions off the mat here, getting them somewhat involved as far as, you know, contention in the NFC North here. What are some things that are that look good? Where are some positives for this team? So at least you can say, hey, well, if we can add so-and-so or this and that to this, this, and this, Maybe we're getting something going as you start to build positional rooms in an organization. Well, I think first things first, the offensive line is something that they like when healthy. Uh, Frank Ragnow is out for the year, but he's a Pro Bowl center. Taylor Decker is back now playing left tackle where he belongs, and he's a very good football player, uh, the pride of Ohio State. Uh, Panay Sewell has been a nice find, of course, as the number seven pick. Started a little bit slow at a great first game. Bad next three, four games playing left tackle. Now back at right tackle, he was tremendous last week against the Steelers. And that's a pretty good Pittsburgh D-line with the likes of uh, of T.J. Watt and certainly Cam Hayward. So uh, they like their offensive line when healthy. Vitae at right guard's been good, and Jackson at left guard's been good. So them, along with DeAndre Swift in the run game, that's been a positive. It's, it's the best running game that I've seen them have in years, maybe going back to Barry Sanders. But again, the pass game is so bad, Jeff. 
that if Brown stacked the box, they should be able to stop the run. Um, what else on offense? I mean, TJ Hawkinson is a tight end to build around, and he was a pro bowler a year ago, but he can't get open. And when he is open, Goff isn't finding him. So he, his numbers have been down uh, since the departure of Matthew Stafford. On defense, uh, there's not much there that I like, to be quite honest. Um, you know, Amanio Ruarie, one of the cornerbacks, has improved. He's been better. Uh, Derek Barnes, a rookie linebacker, when he gets an opportunity, has been okay. And Julian O'Quara, when he gets an opportunity at, at edge, has been fine. But they've had some underachievers on that defense. The, the middle linebacker, Alex Anzalone, was supposed to bring some veteran leadership and toughness. But if you look at PFF every week, he's, he's graded very low. Trey Flowers is making $18 million a year. He can't get to the quarterback. So the defense needs a lot of work, a lot of work. Punter's good. Jack Fox, he's like the MVP. <laughs> well, and the punter for the Lions, obviously getting a ton of work in. So I'll get yeah. to see that. But how the morale? There's been some teams this team. There's been some games this team should have won. Yes. Should have beat the Ravens if not for Justin Take Justin Tucker basically you know booting one in from you know the Ohio Michigan state line. Um, certainly last week against Pittsburgh was a game that looked winnable. There's been other contests. So what's the morale here? You know of this team, even though it is 0-8 and one. There's been weeks where, and it's been a crazy NFL season. There's no doubt about that. But there's been some weeks here where this team probably should have been on the you know on the good side of an outcome. Yeah, no, it, it, that's, that's where Dan Campbell is strong. I don't know if he can coach yet or not. Um, it's his first year. He's made some mistakes. But as far as keeping the culture positive, as far as the morale goes, it's been pretty good. You know, I've seen a ton of guys hang their head. Like you said, for five quarters on Sunday, they battled the Steelers tooth and nail and played very physical with Pittsburgh. Um, so that's been good. Like you mentioned, they should have beaten Baltimore. They should have beaten Minnesota. Both games they lost on kicks at the end of the game. One, of course, the Tucker 66-yarder, and the other, Greg Joseph 54-yarder. They're just not very good. There's just not a lot of talent there. They got beat up a couple of weeks ago by the Eagles at home. Uh, there's also the Dan Campbell crying game after Minnesota when he kind of started you know, welling up on the podium. But all in all, the, the morale is decent. Uh, and I will say that the culture has been shifted a little bit. Now they just have to bring more talent in. There's just not enough talent or material on this roster. And for Browns listeners who don't aren't aware, uh, Detroit will have two first-round picks in the 2022 NFL Draft. We'll have two first-round picks in the 2023 NFL Draft. And it's important, obviously, to hit on those. Um, as everybody knows here for the Browns when they have their downtrodden times, it's not always easy to get free agents to come to places like this if you're not offering possible team success. We're going to flip the script here in a second. Matt's going to take over, uh, get a quick word in here from a sponsor, but put the uh, the Browns under the lens. Jeff Lloyd, Matt Derry, crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are back in better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. For basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I'm Matt Derry on Locked On Lions here, and Jeff Lloyd is with us from Locked On Browns. Matt and Jeff with you on the Thursday crossover. 
The Lions love to go to Cleveland now to play the Browns. Jeff, you've covered this team uh, for years now and, and all season. Boy, expectations were so high. I'm actually a Cleveland native, so I, 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 it's in my blood. I've seen it. But here they are, a 5-5 five and five football team, infighting, questioning about Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry speaking out, a OBJ situation. What a circus it's been on the lakefront this year, huh? Yeah, it, it's that will never, ever leave town. Obviously, man, as you know, being you know around the air for a long time, uh, just when you think you've got a solid roster, you got a solid coaching staff, you got a solid front office, um, and you get a lot of pundits going into the season, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns. Um, injuries have certainly played a part, poor play, um, uh, regression from players themselves, a lot of regressing in my, regressing, in my opinion, from the coaching staff as well. Um, a team that seems to truly have an identity, but yet it's coached like a team that doesn't have an identity. Um, here you are, you sit at five and five, seven to go, um, Detroit this week. Then you get back to back with a buy in between with the Baltimore Ravens. So big for the Browns to get this one which means they can kind of still, even as bad as it's been, kind of control their own destiny here a little bit. They probably do have an advantage with this being the first 17-game season in NFL history because it may take a 17th game to figure out the AFC with 12 teams currently at 500 or better. Um, it's been a wild, wild ride to this point. Um, it's a shame because there's been some players who put together some really, really solid efforts, um, but you get to a point here where you end up talking about so much more nonsense that doesn't actually have to do with the game um, and some players putting out really, really good efforts, it, it's, it gets you know, basically piled on top of and lost in all the mire and the muck, so to speak. What are the chances that they sit Baker Mayfield, he's been so banged up, and just play Case Keenum this week? Do you think that's possible? I, I look at this similar to the Thursday night game against Denver, um, whereas you know, it was a short recovery time. And you know, Baker... Um, as we're recording this here on Wednesday afternoon, so we've gotten all the good nuggets from me. You know, Matt's giving you everything I have. I've got everything Browns-wise. Um, you know, you wonder, because now with this latest ailment, and this is now four injuries. It's the labrum. It was the broken bone around the labrum. Uh, there's been a foot sort of sprain going on, perhaps. Now there's a bruise within the knee. The question is, and Baker is not, if he's one thing, he's not. He's not really one of the most mobile quarterbacks. He can run a little bit. Uh, but compared to you know where the average is as far as mobility to position, even at 100%, he's probably not there. But now you're worried about whether or not he can defend himself. Can he get out of potential sacks to at least save his shoulder? Um, not practicing on Wednesday. That's where we're at. Um, it seemed you know, from everybody you know, around and you know, the way he walked in a presser today um, that he was you know, walking a little bit you know, with a limp. Um, and certainly the knee, uh, unless you absolutely stay off it, it's you know ice and elevation for 24 hours a day. It's really hard to get that to go down. And you look at this, should we be able to win this game with a backup quarterback? For all intents and purposes, you're talking about an 0-8-1 team. You'd say, yeah, but all intents and purposes, you're looking at a team that thought they were pretty confident going to New England and got smacked around. I don't know. My guess is we'll probably get word Thursday. Um, if Baker can't do anything tomorrow, I think that maybe they're going to say, hey, um, it's it's imperative to have him ready to go against Baltimore um, as long as you can pull this one out. Um, I wouldn't say it's completely not going to happen, um, but again, I, I'm not sold 100% that you're going to see number six essentially under center on Sunday. That's the voice of Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns are on the Thursday crossover. What, why are they five and five, Jeff? What, what's been the biggest problem in your mind? I know there's been a lot of injuries and and all of that, and Nick Chubb's been out, and Kareem Hunt, and stuff like that. But what, what do you see as the biggest issue? 
Well, see, some of the issue, though, is it's in now, you know, we, we talk about games we didn't think they were going to win earlier in the year, but maybe they should have. They had every opportunity to knock off Kansas City in week one. And as we saw with the Chiefs, yeah, they're picking it up now. For a while, the Chiefs were slow getting out of the gate. Um, that was a game they should have won. Could have won, I, you know, very easily. Uh, the Chargers game, same, same thing. Could have, should have won, but didn't. So now you muscle that in. And look, every team in the NFL has had a couple of bad weeks this week. I believe there were five teams, uh, 500 or better this past weekend, who lost by 24 points. So, I mean, it tells you the craziness a little bit of the season uh, the, to this point. But the problem is, is, is some of the stinkers. And look, you know, every team has a bad game or two. We're certainly going to have it when it's now a 17-game season. But you add that in with you know, missed opportunities in Kansas City, in L.A. So even if you take the Steelers' loss, you take the Cardinals' loss, and you take this one against the Patriots, it'd be 7-3. and three. But you can't in the NFL you know, give games away and lose games that essentially you had won. And that's even that's the bigger issue. You know, these stinkers here where you're playing with an injured quarterback, you're playing with an injured Jarvis Landry, uh, you lost Nick Chubb for a couple of games injured, you lost him last week due to COVID. Um, then you deal, you dealt with the Odell business of trying to get him back incorporated into the offense, and he ended up just wasting time because it was something that just was never gonna work out. Uh, now in its third year, it just wasn't working out. It's something where the flow should have been pulled, but you tried still one more time to get him involved, get him going, kind of held everything back. And it just, it's been like almost like a domino effect. And it certainly didn't help that you go have a great game against the Cincinnati Bengals in their place. And I think everybody kind of got their confidence going again that, you know, hey, maybe we're going to be all right here. Maybe that was the distraction. Look where we are. And you walk into New England and, I mean, they got, they didn't just get beat uh, in a football game. They got physically beat around. I mean, a couple players leaving with concussions. So it's just it's been a real, real tough spin for a team that certainly has way much way too much talent to be looking at seven games to go and sitting here with a five and five record. You mentioned the name Joe Woods. That's a hot button topic in Cleveland. Certainly there are Browns fans, there are sports radio hosts, there are podcast hosts. People want him gone. Uh Jeff, how bad is this defense? They got shredded by Mac Jones. And obviously we know about Miles Garrett and He's just such a stud and, you know, John Johnson on the back end and guys like that. But will the Lions be able to score on this team or or what's the issue? Well, this is one of the things. And there were like times even going during the New England game, you know, know, whatever rankings there are. And it's crazy how some of these rankings work where, you know, a defense could be top five or they could be like 19th. So, I mean, all of these, these rankings vary, but their defense has been able to push around some really bad teams. Um, You obviously had the Bears early in the year and Justin Fields' first start where he wasn't ready, or at least the coaching staff wasn't ready for him to start. You know, he just basically knocked the poor kid around the park. Uh, There's been other instances of that. You went into Cincinnati, and what you do in Cincinnati? You have a whole bunch invested, the Browns do, in the secondary, whether it's high draft picks, whether it's players making a lot of money like John Johnson III. What did they do? They said, hey, we have all this talent. Let's play man, and let's see what our defensive line can do. You sacked Joe Burrow a bunch of times. A lot of players made balls at catch point. And it looked great. And you literally had Joe Woods say the day after, I've really got to start understanding the abilities of some of the players. I've got to start playing to their – and you go into New England against a rookie quarterback, you play soft zone, and you give this kid all the looks he can see, all the easy throws he can make. And that's where you get a player like Miles Garrett. And this is totally – not like Miles Garrett. He's a very intelligent player. He never really speaks up because he understands the way the media works. 
And if you give them just a little crumb, they're going to turn it into a Thanksgiving plate. But he was aggravated because basically he understood. We spoke about this. It was spoken about by our defensive yeah. coordinator that we are not using our talent in the best way that suits us. And they went and went right back to it and had New England dominate them. Um, I was all for Joe Woods. Last year he got a really bad deal. He had no talent. This year there's been ebbs and flows, and it was going to take a little time for all these new pieces to develop. The Browns had eight new starters on defense. But now it's – I don't know. And it's going to it's going to take a strong showing here over the next week or two. But I wouldn't be surprised if either they move on or they let somebody else call the defense, maybe going further here pretty soon. Final thing, where are you at with this game? I, I see this as a get-right and get-well game for the Browns. Uh, I, I saw what they did two weeks ago to a pretty decent Cincinnati team, and that was uh, using guys like Wyatt Teller and the guys up front on that offensive line to really bludgeon the Bengals, and I think that's what's going to happen this week. What, what, what's your 30-second prediction here? I, I kind of feel the same way um, as long as you're getting Nick Chubb back. Um, Dearness Johnson has shown enough here where you know, even if it turns out to be a crappy weather day, you can hopefully dominate with the run. Um, because and if you can't, and you better understand, they better understand their backs through the wall here with their next two games against the Ravens here. And look, the Ravens have been Jekyll and Hyde as well here. But you absolutely have to get this one because nobody's going to believe in that building at five and six with Baltimore two times in a row. Nobody in that building is going to believe that maybe this season is not over. I, I, I don't. That's just the way I feel, and I really believe this is where we're at. It's weird to say, you know, an 0 8 and one team. This is a really, really huge game for a team that looks significantly better than them, but it truly, truly is. Yeah. Jeff Lloyd, Matt Derry, Locked On Browns, Locked On Lions, the Thursday crossover. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Appreciate everybody for making our podcast your first listen every day. Uh, it's crazy to say that we are already here in week 11 of the NFL season. Nothing in the world goes by faster. Appreciate everybody for your listens. Make sure you subscribe, following five-star ratings, written reviews, for Locked On Lions and Locked On Browns. Everybody, enjoy the game outside.